Hello, I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the chair of TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. And I'm thrilled to introduce a guest with us today, Anna Chiriani-Dean, who is going to be sharing with us the strategies for reflective practice. Anna has her own podcast. She has co-created the Teacher Think Aloud podcast, a podcast for reflective practice for teachers of English around the world. She is also serving as the learning and development coordinator at the English language programs. Welcome, Anna. It's a great pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So, Anna, could you share what exactly you mean by reflective practice? And what does it mean to be a reflective educator? Yeah, well, I guess the, the definition is is pretty straightforward if you think about it. So reflective practice is simply the practice of reflecting on your own actions and engaging in a process of continuous learning. And so what it means to be a reflective educator is just committing to, I guess, a growth mindset and to this idea of continual growth and transformation as an educator. Uh, so, you know, growth mindset, we talk about that a lot for students, but it's also for ourselves, right? So always changing and always learning. So why is this reflective practice so important? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I think the question, the question within that question is, what makes us better educators? I mean, we can we can talk about the number of years we've been in the classroom, uh, all the different workshops we go to, the feedback that we get, all of the experience that we have, uh, but experience isn't all that we need uh, in order to uh, really move forward and, and grow. Uh, John Dewey, uh, I think, is the one who said that uh, we do not learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience. And so in order to kind of move ourselves forward and become the educators we want to be, there's a, an important reflection component there uh, that, that needs to take place. Definitely. It's funny that you mentioned John Dewey because I did my <laughs> doctoral studies in the field of experiential education and service uh, learning. So I'm very familiar with his work. That's he's a great uh, <laughs> educator to follow. <laughs> yeah, and did please? I mean, did I misquote him? Was that that was that? Uh, no, no, that was quote? perfect. Yes, I okay. think that's right, spot on. <laughs> great, great. So, could you give us an example? What does effective reflection really look like for us to practice out there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's. I guess the core of it is that it's very cyclical. As I said earlier, it's about that continuous uh, reflection and continuous growth. Uh, so, you know, we talk a lot about the uh, David Kolb's experiential learning cycle. This has four different components, right? So experience is the first step, reflective observation, uh, then abstract conceptualization, which is kind of thinking about what happened and then experimentation, and then the cycle starts over again. So uh, from an experience through reflection, and then kind of gathering your thoughts on that, and then applying something that you've learned, uh, and seeing how that goes, it kind of is this ongoing cycle of, uh, of 
reflecting. Um, and then another part of that beyond just constantly reflecting every day and seeing how you change over time um, is this idea of uh, reflection in action versus reflection on action, uh, which isn't which isn't as complicated as it might sound. I mean, it reflection in action. This is something that uh, we do every day as as educators. So we're in the classroom, and something isn't going exactly the way that we want it to be going, and we we realize that 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 whatever this activity is isn't isn't going according to plan, and so we change course in the middle of a class or, or we just make note of, mm, okay, maybe I'll change that next time uh, that I do this. Uh, so that's reflection in action. So something that's uh, reflection that's happening while we're teaching, while we're, while we're doing all of these actions. And then on the other hand, you have reflection on action, which is that second component that I'm guilty of not always doing. And I think it's just the harder component of re reflective practice. Uh, reflecting on action after the fact. So taking the time to really think about what happened during a lesson, uh, uh, write down a note about, uh, about what our impressions of, of how things went, what, what the, the learning that we saw taking place, uh, whether or not uh, our lesson plan and the different components of it actually led to learning uh the different interactions within the classroom whatever it is that you're trying to focus on uh it definitely takes a little bit more thought and 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 planning and and uh i suppose discipline to make sure that we're we're including that reflection on action after the fact uh so that we can really move move our practice forward so I'd say that that's kind of how you make it effective is bringing in that component that's not always there. Yeah, that reminds me of, you know, when you do student teaching, you have to do that. Usually it's required. <laughs> and when you have, you know, your observer yeah. having you reflect on how you thought your teaching went. And that's but then once you get into the real classroom on your own, I think yeah. because we're so busy as oh, educators, yeah. it's really hard to do that second piece. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no one has time for that, but it's it is important to try to integrate as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. So you have some specific strategies to help teachers, especially with that second component of doing mm -hmm. the reflection on mm -hmm. action after teaching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them I guess are pretty straightforward. Uh there's always journaling. You can do some kind of free writing, uh, make some time at the end of the day or after each class that you've taught, whatever, you know, frequency is best for you uh, to do a little bit of free writing. I always get very daunted when I have to just write in, in this without some kind of format. So I also like to just think of it as bullet points sometimes, you know, I don't have to go into as much depth or write an essay on it. I can just kind of make bullet points and, or I can create some kind of rubric uh, that I'm going to, to use for myself, you know, did I do this today? What are the things I'm working on? What are my goals? Let's reflect on how I did on, on these very specific areas. If, if you're, if you're, you know, formulating some kind of goal, that's, that's really helpful to have a little bit of a rubric or some questions that you ask yourself every time. Um, and then, you know, some people really don't love the written format. Uh, it does take a lot of 
time and you really have to sit down and, and, and take the time to write it out. Uh, so I also recommend voice memos. Uh, it's a little bit less daunting. Uh, yeah. You can just record yourself talking through how you felt and it, it, it's easy to get your thoughts into a, a voice memo that you can revisit later. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. But I think the most important thing, you know, with whatever your whatever format you're taking is the it's it's really about building a routine because if you don't build a routine, you don't have uh, you know, you don't specify what when you're gonna do it, you don't uh try to do it every time or every day or every week, however often you want to do it, without that routine, it's really easy to forget. Um okay. so uh I recommend calendar notifications, setting calendar notifications for yourself at regular intervals, uh, whether they, they come to you after class or uh, at the end of the day or at the end of the week or whatever it is. Um, or you can schedule some email prompts for yourself uh, to ask, you know, to asking you, you know, how did this go or asking yourself more specific questions about how it went and what you were, you know, maybe while you were planning for a lesson, you had some specific questions about, you know, whether this would work or not. You could actually ask yourself those questions in a in a scheduled email that arrives to you at a at a time that works for you. Um, yeah, yeah. What about something have you done uh, like partner teacher partners and or small groups where yeah. I think the accountability piece would be really helpful too if you had somebody to work with on those reflective practices. Yeah. Yes. I mean. I, I, that's honestly my preference. Uh, having an accountability, accountability partner is, uh, is really, I think has been the most helpful for me. I mean, of course that self-reflection and having a quiet moment to do it myself is very important. Uh, but, uh, if you have a, a, a peer, a teacher friend that, you really enjoy talking to and where you think it, you know, the conversation really flows, it's really helpful to uh, tell someone about, you know, these are the things that I've noticed, you know, what, what are your ideas on, on what I could do? Um, and, you know, have them hold you to it and ask you, you know, did, oh, how did, how did that go? Did you, did you try that lesson out? How did it go for you? Right. Did you try that? You know, so having an accountability partner, a single partner is great. And then also, of course, uh, professional learning networks, professional learning communities. If you don't have one and you haven't found one that works for you, you can always create your own and just create a small group of people that that you find are help you in that reflective process. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Super. Yeah. So just to wrap up here, what are the most positive outcomes that you have found when teachers actually engage in this practice and what they can expect yeah. if they actualize your practice? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just so much growth that takes place. Um, I think for me, there you it you know, it, it's a it's a quiet process. It's a long process. You might not feel it right away, but the more you engage in reflective practices, the more you'll start to notice the changes that are taking place in your practice. And also uh, the impact that it might have in your personal life. I know that, you know, we're talking about this professional side of, of teacher development and 
uh, reflective practice and how it fits into that. But uh, for me personally, it's also helped a lot in my personal development uh, because I find that reflective practice is very much connected to mindfulness practices. And so actually reflective practice has spilled into my personal life and the way that I use reflective tools for myself. Um, so uh, I'm much more aware of where I am in my journey, both as a person and as a professional. I know what my strengths, I know what my weaknesses are. You know, I mentioned the bullet points in journaling. I've been doing that uh, in my professional life and in my personal life. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it all comes full circle. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing these wonderful tips, Anna. And if we want somebody out there in the audience wants to find you, we'll put in our show notes, your link to your podcast, any other ways you'd like to have them find you in mm -hmm. more detail. Sure, sure. You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter uh, at ACD underscore ESL. Uh, so I'm, I, uh, I would be happy to connect with anybody on there as well as on LinkedIn uh, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, by searching Anna Chiriani Dean, and I'd be very happy to connect. Thanks, Anna. It's been wonderful talking with you and having yeah. you share these great tips with our teachers out there. Thank you, Eileen.